This is Paul Nobles from Eat to Perform, and once again, I'm here with Dr. Susan Kleiner. Um, we're going to try and make this one a relatively short one because it's kind of an easier topic, but something that people get confused about. Susan, why don't you quickly tell people where they can find your wares and all those kinds of things. So my website is drskleiner.com, D-R-S-K-L-E-I-N-E-R.com. Uh, you can find me on Instagram uh, at Power Eat. You can also go straight to Amazon if you want and find the new Power Eating or the Good Mood Diet. Uh, so we, we did get a few people asking about which one I thought they should buy first. And uh, my suggestion for most of my audience would be the Good Mood Diet. The good mood diet is going to give you really kind of the foundation of what and how you should eat moving forward, right? And that'll be a little bit of what we talk about here and then the next podcast as well. And then I think, you know, you can really look at, you know, new power eating. Now, if you are a seasoned, you know, food person, right? And you eat mostly healthy and, and things of this nature and not necessarily restricting a lot of foods, then you could probably, you know, start off with new power eating. New power eating is going to be a little bit more accessible just because it's in Amazon, right? So it's not necessarily bad one way or the other. Um, for us... Well, the good, the, right, the go good mood diet is also on Amazon. It's just only electronic now unless you, it's, it's out of print. Uh, so... Uh, it's available as a used book on Amazon, I believe, and there may be some random new ones out there, uh, but it's, and it works, I think the Good Mood Diet works really well as, a, as an ebook. Yeah, so we'll, we'll, we'll actually talk a little bit about, about, you know, things that are in the Good Mood Diet um, in, for this topic which is going to be inflammation. If you're looking to sign up for Eat Reform and you're really interested in what we're talking about, just go to Eat Reform, uh, basically put in your information and a coach will reach out and talk to you and actually give you a real good idea of what your plan's going to look like going into Eat Reform. We had actually someone um, <laughs> in comments kind of complain because they just wanted to sign up and, and I said to the person I was like but you don't really know what you're signing up for right so so what we do is we have someone talk to you so that you know what to sign up for so mm -hmm. uh, I think people more people find that helpful than complain about it okay so I wanted to talk about inflammation and and I think whenever you start talking about inflammation the first thing you have to talk about is chronic inflammation and how chronic inflammation is being misused right because there's this this comparison of chronic inflammation compared to inflammation and while there's some relationship, the relationship isn't as close as you think, right? So chronic inflammation is certainly something you would want to avoid. It's something where, where if you're obese, you're going to be struggling with weight issues and things of this nature. And your body is, you're, you're consuming so much food that your body's having trouble storing it. And it's causing all of these various misfunctions, right? So Susan, why don't you talk about that real quickly? And then we can talk about the role of inflammation because honestly, I feel like people have it wrong in a lot of cases. 
Right. So, you know, two kinds of inflammation, acute inflammation, you bump your arm, you, you cut your toe, um, you lift weights. That is acute inflammation, that sense of an area being uh, a little red, a little hot, a little sore. Um, that is That has an extremely important positive function in the process of not just healing, but getting bigger, faster, stronger. Uh, whenever our body has a stress, it responds to that stress. And then it, it, that res- part of that response is getting better at responding to that stress. And so it enhances its own function. We are, that's what's so amazing about, about life. Um, and otherwise we just die from little things all the time, but the body learns to respond better. And that's why muscles grow. That's why we get bigger, faster, stronger. Um, But chronic systemic inflammation, the way we talk about it in the medical world is it, we, we, you know, give this, you know, sort of illustrative um, uh, description as if it's the same as the acute inflammation, because that's what people have seen and felt. Whereas chronic systemic inflammation, we typically don't feel and see. And so, um, so it is, uh, it, it means it's body-wide. It, it is affecting the, where, wherever even the source is, it is affecting your whole body. Whereas in one little spot, um, the body can focus on that little spot. So there's an, an important distinction that Susan just told you related to chronic inflammation as opposed to acute inflammation. Chronic inflammation, you will not feel. Acute inflammation, you will feel, right? right. So this idea that, that, you know, because you're bloated, right, you're chronically inflamed. You know, one of the best uh, lines that we've had in all these years of the podcast was when Lane Norton was on. And Lane was talking about um, how, you know, talk about how some people get bloated from creatine. He's like, yeah, that's how you know it works. Right? Right. Like, right. If you, exactly. If, if you're trying to grow muscle and you're never bloated, you'll never grow muscle. Right? And, and I think that, you know, we see people... Um, misusing the two all of the time, right? And the reason why they're doing so is because you feel bloated, right? You read the blog of some guru, right? And then the guru then sends you for $5,000 worth of tests, you know, because you were bloated that day and feeling a little bit uncomfortable. And then they pocket the, what? you know, 4,920, right? Take the, the readings and tell you basically something that, that was just obvious to anyone. Um, and there's just this whole economy that exists related around the word inflammation. But, because, but to, right, but not to minimize, not to minimize it. It really is at the root uh, chronic systemic inflammation is at the root of much of our, chronic diseases of lifestyle. So, no, I'm so not, not, no, 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 right. So, so, so don't, don't do that to me. <laughs> the, the, I'm not saying chronic systemic inflammation isn't a problem. What I'm saying is, is because you ate a cupcake last night, 
doesn't mean that you're chronically inflamed. Correct. Right. And and what I think's happening is is that a lot of people they go out for date night or whatever. You know, I'm gonna talk a little bit more about this later on. Um, but I definitely did not want to be in that box saying that that chronic inflammation doesn't exist. It certainly does. But the problem is, is it's being misused to many yes. of you who are viewing what you feel on a given night after you ate a big meal or after you, you know, had a weekend in Vegas. And now all of a sudden you're being sold a $5,000 program that's worth like negative 50. Right. right. So all you need address to address the big right. problem. And- and, and, and the thing is, and when you read The Good Mood Diet, um, I talk about getting in touch with how food makes you feel. And so when you recognize that there's foods that make you feel bad, and we know that highly processed, um, highly refined foods can actually make you feel bad in your head, not just in your body, Um, In your body, it may take a lot longer, as we were talking about. It may take a long time to get to the point where you have chronic systemic inflammation from your diet, but you'll get there. Um, the, The thing is, if you feel like crap after you've had a binge weekend, whether you're in Vegas or you're pretending to be in Vegas these days. Well, that's true, yeah. I want you to get in touch with how you feel and let how you feel drive your food choices and how you feel in the long run. Because during that one or two nights of eating and drinking whatever you wanted to, you had a lot of fun and you felt really good. And that is, that's what sucks you in to continuing that because your brain loves that reward. And so yes, over the short term, you feel really good, but over the long haul, you feel really bad. And it's bad in mental energy, mental focus, lower mood, increased stress, increased um, uh, um, sort of inability to sleep and and cope with, with stress and anxiety and relax. And so those are the things that happen from those foods that you then also start to associate with other things in your body that start to feel bad. And yes, you may have have stomach upset from it. That's not inflammation. That's the direct effect of those foods in your body. So speaking of the good mood diet, right? Many of the foods that you talk about in the good mood diet that are favorable are foods that are demonized by the inflammation people, right? And part of it is because, you know, like if you think about taking out dairy or taking out whole grains or a lot of the things that you talk about in the Good Mood Diet that are favorable, what are you really taking out? You're taking out calories, right? And Susan and I have talked about this podcast after podcast after podcast, right? And, and you know, we all know that if your weight is up after a weekend in Vegas, you know, and you know, you just binge salads for two weeks, your weight's going to go down, right? You didn't need to pay $5,000 for that, right? There's no magic to why you feel um, not so great, you know, downing vodka cranberries all weekend, right? <laughs> I mean, and, and I, I, think, I think that there's a, a want for a magic bullet 
that these people are capitalizing off of, right? Inflammation serves a very specific role that Susan is talking about. You can't heal without it. You can't, you can't adapt to stimulus without it, right? And so, so, you know, we can kind of keep things short. You know, I, I know Susan's got, actually, she's got some bread that she needs to deal with. Um, but go <laughs> ahead, take the last word, because I, I think so, we covered so it. Those... I, don't, I don't think it's like this magical concept. I just think people are using it to take advantage of people. Right. It, 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 we're, we're putting fear in people. The nature of fad diets or fad programs or quackery, either, either way that you want to look at it, is, is typically, especially these days where science, we can read sciencey things, is to take a nugget or a kernel of truth and twist it around and make it the the focus of a story where the whole rest of the story is creative writing is not true is not evidence-based and so that's kind of what's happened with inflammation inflammation exists both acute and chronic systemic inflammation they are absolutes we know that we know that when you are overweight and obese we know that fat the fat in the adipose tissue in your body, whoop, there we go. Um, the adipose tissue in your body will um, pump out chemicals that promote chronic systemic inflammation. That's all true. But one weekend isn't going to kill you. Um, what's happening is your body talking to you really loud to tell you that's not good for you. And, and it wants you to listen. And if you don't listen, over time, you will reach these issues. When someone says to you, as just exactly as Paul said, easy peasy, you will cut out inflammation if you cut out grains and you cut out dairy, what you have done is you have reduced your calories, let your body kind of rest. You drop your weight, you dehydrate, you do all the things that allow you to, you know, and I don't mean dehydrate terribly but no, your body I, weight it, it lowers, is dehydration right? in a lot of instances right. yeah. and so so you so all of the things that that help your body recover because you've slowed it because you ramped up your metabolism from all the calories you were eating you slow it down thing you know so for another couple of weeks you may feel better by doing that but in the long run and your body can do anything for a couple of weeks. I just, I'll tell my clients, I don't care what you do for a couple of weeks unless you're coming up on a big competition. But over the long run, eliminating major food groups eliminates a whole host of incredibly important vitamins, minerals, phytochemicals, fibers, macronutrients, as well as micronutrients, um, food factors that we have yet to discover in our foods that you don't really get in appreciable amounts from other food groups. So that when people say to you, no big deal, eat, eat according to your macros, you can get carbs from, from vegetables. You don't need to eat grains. You don't need to, to drink milk for your protein. You can get protein in a ton of other places. Well, it is a reductionist theory it is a reductionist approach to food to think that all you get from your food are macros. And, and 
in fact, some of the most potent anti-inflammatory compounds for our gut come from whole grains. And one of the most important factors to reduce gut inflammation and systemic chronic inflammation is to include whole grains in your diet. If you are a celiac patient or you know you are gluten sensitive, you have a plenty of a list of whole grains that you can eat that are gluten free. So it is a hoax to tell people that for everybody out there, grains are gonna give, give you inflammation and your brain is gonna blow up or that dairy is gonna kill you when dairy is a key food for number one, feeling good, having mental energy and mental focus, certainly recovery from exercise. So, you know, not to mention bone health and I could go on and on. So um, be very careful when someone says, cut out X and that is their standard template for everybody because nobody in my practice has ever gotten the same diet as the person who walked in the door before them ever same here right um i said i, I said i was going to give you the last yes, word yes i need to um, go turn my dough <laughs> yes you you go ahead and do that and then i'll finish this one up but the the long story short you know you mentioned the the flexible eating I once was talking to a guy who was talking about how flexible he eats and he's eating 1400 calories and he'd been plateaued for like two months. Um, and he was bragging about how he was eating half a pop tart. It's like, dude, you know, like I, I get that you want to make this big deal out of pop tarts. I'm eating mostly whole foods. You know, we've been the kind of the same way the whole time where yes, flexibility is nice, but Whole foods are going to feel a much bigger role for you, right? Um, in terms of inflammation, there was one small piece that I thought I could add um, that really changed a lot of things for me. Um, and it was that um, rest days. You know, um, you see a lot of people that want to work out all the time, right? And, and, you know, you can do a rest day walking, right? And allow your body to recover, but if you're doing these hard workouts every day, you don't really know how your body works and you really don't know how recovery works. And you're going to have difficulty really building substantial amounts of muscle or holding on to muscle, right? So that's something to think about, you know, when you're chronically inflamed because you're working out all the time, let the fire mm -hmm. die, right? right. Um, and, and allow your body to recovery. Uh, to recover. Um, it always surprises people, but it takes up to 24 hours really for nutrients to kind of, kind of, you know, get to where they want to go. So the day that I eat the most, which is the super day for eat to perform, that's my rest day. And that right. often surprises exactly. people. Yes. You know? Yes. Um, so, all right, we'll end on that note. You can go work on your bread and then we'll, we'll do next week's podcast after that. Talk to everyone okay. later. Bye now. Bye.